0: I want to show you today an illustration from the life of Jesus. And I want to show you how sometimes the enemy doesn't sabotage your life with a lie. He tells you a truth and he twists it just enough. And I believe that the Lord desires to set us free today, but only by the truth can we be set free. You know, Jesus knew the truth because he was the truth. He knew the Word of God because he was the Word of God. And when the enemy came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 in the wilderness to tempt him, he made the crucial mistake with the Son of God of debating the Word of God. And it's a bad idea to debate the Word of God with the Word of God. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's not arguing with someone who knows about the Word of God, he is arguing with the embodiment of the Word of God and it gives us a pure picture of the principle that is illustrated in Romans 125 but only in reverse in Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 our perspective is immediately challenged because it says that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and that is a strange construct that Jesus was led by God to be tempted by the devil if you've been told that God won't lead you into difficult situations you've been lied to if you've ever been told or it's ever been implied or inferred that the will of God will always lead to the path of least resistance, you've been lied to. If you've ever been told that the proof of the favor of God on your life is that situations become less difficult and, and more agreeable, you've been lied to because Jesus, before his ministry was fully announced, was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the Devil. And Yet I want us to see that this… Uh, This passage is as much about trust as it is about temptation. Now, let me say this real quickly. It's not the truth that you can quote. It's not the truth that you know mentally, but it is the truth that you do that guides your life to its ultimate outcome. I will never forget watching y'all when I was a kid with the Jane Fonda workout DVDs, eating a bowl of ice cream, watching the Jane Fonda workout DVDs, and when I asked, why aren't you doing the DVDs? I'm only like eight years old, and my mom and dad are eating briars, watching Jane Fonda. They said, well, we've got to know what to do before we can do it. But sometimes, if you would do what you knew, my mic isn't working. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. I nominate this for most obvious verse in the Bible. The tempter came to him at his weakest moment. The tempter came to him in the area of his appetite the tempter came to him at a place of great vulnerability and said if you are the son of god tell these stones to become bread and how many times in my life have i been tempted in this exact way it's a good thing jesus knew the truth it's a good thing jesus had just been baptized by john in the jordan river it's a just it's a good thing that jesus had just heard his father say this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased it's a good thing he had just been told the truth, because when you've just encountered truth, when, when you know who you are, when, when you have a full understanding of who you are in God's eyes, you don't have to prove it in anybody else's. How many times have I been susceptible to the temptation to prove who I am by what I do? But when you know that who you are is not dependent on what you do your value is not assessed by others, then you don't have to post stuff to prove stuff. I'm going to set somebody free today. You don't have to post stuff to prove stuff when you know the truth about it. Jesus answered, It is written, Men shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. One of the hardest years of my life was 2013. My dad was dying. Our church was under heavy criticism in the media, and I was going through so many things at once I felt like Rocky when he said, I don't know which one to hit. I see three of them out there, and they said, Hit the one in the middle. And There were so many things going on around me I didn't know what to do, but it was really comforting to me that the things I had preached to you I was able to live off of for me. The proof that something is true in your life is not that you can understand it or say amen to it, but that you can live on it. That you can live on it. Sometimes we're too impressed with cliches, and sometimes we think something is true just because it rhymes, you know. I found out in preaching sometimes you can make something rhyme and it can be it can be totally, totally opposite. You know, you can make something start with the same letter. Uh, Curiosity killed the cat. Mmm, that's good. Meow. (laughs) Amen. Actually, the original saying wasn't curiosity killed the cat. It was care killed the cat. And it was used to mean that they they fed the cat too much and he died because he was too fat. They cared too much. And then they changed it from care, meaning they overfed him, to care he was too worried. So now it means that worry killed the cat. But then one day it just became curiosity killed the cat. Now there are no statistical evidences of dead felines based on inquisitive natures. But it just sounds good. And some stuff sounds good, but it ain't true. Just because it sounds good doesn't mean it is. Just because it rhymes, just just because it is aligned with your life experience up to this point doesn't make it true. Just because it's the way it's always been for you and, and your mom and It doesn't make it true, and so then we get really bad advice and and we say really bad things that 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 sound good on the surface But beneath them they're really bad belief systems. I thought about calling this message. What's your BS? For belief system. What's your belief system? (laughs) And I wanted to call it that because that's what's driving your life. They They say, say, live your truth. I, I heard that before. Live your truth. That's the important thing. Just live your truth. Man, it sounds good, but what if my truth is a trap? What if your truth isn't the truth? Do you have to stay stuck in a story and call it the truth? Let me go back to Matthew 4. Jesus said, "It is written, men shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God." So then the devil he does something that I was I was very interested to study this out. And if I've preached on this passage 10 times before, I apologize to the other 10 that I never pointed this out because I never saw it. We always assume that The Enemy comes to us with lies, and then we quote the Word of God, which is the truth, and then the lies go away. Okay. Fine. Whatever. But many of us love God too much to just believe a lie if we see it as a lie. And So then what the Enemy does is he presents you not with a lie but with a truth. The next thing the Enemy does to Jesus… Remember, he's hungry. He's in a weakened physical state. He's, he's on the verge of three years of ministry that will shake the world and overturn the Roman Empire. He's in, he's in a period of preparation. He knows who he is. He, he not only knows truth, but he is truth, and so the Enemy knows. That the only way that he can fight truth is with truth. And I promise you, I'm not just trying to be confusing. A lot of times, what the enemy will attack you with is a truth. A truth. And in this particular instance, the devil took him to the holy city, verse five, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. The Enemy doesn't attack Jesus with a lie. He attacks him with a Bible verse. He quotes to Jesus Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12. He quotes the Word of God to the Word of God. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. That's true. That's actually true. This is not made up. This is not imaginary. It is, it, is, it is the Word of God. It is the truth. So here's what I'm realizing in my life. A lot of times I'm not deciding between a lie and the truth. A lot of times I'm stuck between two truths. One is the truth of my situation. And one is the truth of my revelation. I told you, Holly, this was gonna be the best one. One is the truth of what I'm going through, and the other is the truth of who's standing with me in the fire as I go through it. So I've got two truths. I've got two truths. And what Jesus said was was so powerful. When, When the enemy tried to get him to turn the stones into bread, he said it is written because he knew the temptation to turn something into something that it's not. A lot of times we try to do this with relationships. We try to turn them into something that they're not. We we turn people into our God and, and we need their approval more than we need God's approval. And then when they disappoint us, we lose our hope because we tried to turn stones into bread. You know, some of us try to turn money into security, but your trust was never supposed to be in resources. Your trust was supposed to be in the one your help comes from, the source. You were supposed to lift your eyes to him. Your trust was never supposed to be in the stuff. Your trust was supposed to be in the source. But when you don't know the truth of who you are, you will try to turn stones into bread, and you will try to live off of people's compliments, and then so you die by their criticism because you tried to turn it into what it was not, and you trade the truth for a lie, and you trade the truth of God's, God's assessment of you for someone else's opinion of you. Serving created things rather than the Creator who is forever blessed. Amen.